This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. So James 3.13, it says here, now, now, uh, James is talking about wisdom here uh, in this chapter. He just got finished talking to us about our words and loose lips can sink ships. And now he's going into wisdom and James in 3.13 says, if you are wise and understand God's way, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. You might have the New King James. Yeah, the New King James says, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But you can translate it to the New Living Translation, which says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. By living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. I like that because uh, really, again, James is marrying the idea of believing with the idea of our actions, right? And so if you're going to believe, if you really believe, you're going to act on your belief system, right? If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he saved you from your sins, then you're going to act like you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not going to be looking at your sins all the time. You're going to be looking at the Son. Because Jesus took our sins, right? So if he took our sins, then we're not old sinners saved by grace. We're righteous in God because we believe that Jesus paid the price to remove our sins, right? So we should be happy. Amen. Don't wait to get happy until you get some good news. No, you should be happy now. Amen. And so, so he says, if you are wise, let's look back at this at New Living Translation. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. So I'm going to say this. We will get no wisdom unless we're walking in humility. In other words, the Bible says, Wisdom comes to every person that fears God. That those that fear God, really, it's those that humble themselves before God. Fearing God is having a reverential uh, uh, take on who God is. It's understanding that God is awesome. And so when we have that understanding that God is awesome and that he's, he's great and he's mighty and that he can do anything. You know, God can do anything. And that he's so awesome and that we, 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 the fear of God brings the wisdom of God in our life. Amen. 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 Boy, that's a good amen. So we got to have that, that fear of God. In other words, a reverential fear that we want to please God. A reverential fear of that. So, so in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is the reason why we're saved. It says, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that, should, that we should walk in them. So, so we receive Christ in our life to know God, but really God's calling us to walk in good works. Amen. 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 And so it's not just a belief system minus any action. It's faith and action. Amen. Amen. So I like that. And in Romans, uh, I, I, I remember this scripture here. I want to connect it to walking in 
in godliness. Uh, Romans 12, 10 through 16 says this way. This is how our walk should be. It says um, in Romans 12, 10 through 16, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Now we can stop there and probably meditate on that because it may be hard for us to be kind and affectionate to one another at times. But he says, be kindly and affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor given preference to one another. Now, our walk as Christians is that we need to give preference to one another. Amen. That goes against our flesh. Amen. In other words, we want the biggest piece of the cake. Right? We want our pick. We want to go first. Amen. We had a little dinner here. Uh, uh, Wednesday, we had a, um, uh, a Thanksgiving Eve dinner. We had, like, it was, it was really nice. And Yen cooked a, a turkey dinner. We had all the trimmings. And we had, you know, four tables set up. We had 25 people here, which is pretty good. And I guess people like to eat. And uh, normally we don't get that many people on Wednesday night. But we had a good Wednesday night showing. You know? <laughs> I'm like, man, we might, we might need to do food more often. Amen. And, uh, and, so, and so we ate. And, and it was a wonderful time. And. There was, um, uh, you know, uh, great testimonies of, of Thanksgiving. People were giving their thank, Thanksgiving testimonies, which was pretty awesome. And um, I, I normally wait till the end before I get the food. I like to watch the people get the food. I can wait to last because the Bible says the last shall be first, right? And so I don't care. And, um, but I was waiting in line. And then Arlene says, Pastor, you got to go before me, you know. I said, no, I'm good. You know, I'm good. No, no, you got, I, I'm preferring you, you know. And she was doing something biblical. She was actually preferring me over herself. Amen. And I took the last piece of turkey too, right. <laughs> the last piece of turkey. She was like, I got nothing. No, I'm kidding. No, there was plenty of turkey. There's plenty of turkey. I wouldn't have done that to her. But, uh, but what was she doing? She was, she was preferring me. Amen? And um, praise God. And, and, that's, and that's a heart of a, that's a godly heart attitude. Amen? And so it says here, not lagging in diligence, uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Re- See, when you serve others, you're serving God. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. When you're serving one another, in a sense, you're serving the Lord. Amen. A lot of us think, oh, I'm serving God, you know. But no, but when we serve one another, we're serving the Lord. So rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. So as, as, as saints, part of us doing good works is praying. Amen. Anybody praying out here? <laughs> Amen. Uh, and not just for our own needs, but for praying for other people, too. Amen. And for those, uh, it says, given to uh, continue steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you. I, you know, um, Israel uh, has invited Yin and I out over to his house a couple times. He, he's a good cook. And he made some, uh, some, some I think, did, turkey, right? Did you do turkey? Smoked turkey. Smoked turkey. And uh, it was really good. And uh, so he's doing what it says, given to hospitality. So, so he's doing a biblical thing. He's to invite people over and 
eat and, you know, and of course losing cornhole with the pastor. And when you do all these right things, amen, uh, you know, we play cornhole too, uh, uh, then you are blessed. Amen. Glory to God. We'll continue. We'll continue. And um, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. See, we don't want to curse. Amen. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be, and I failed that test one time. It says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And I was in Brahma. You guys probably remember this story. And this lady had a good friend that passed away and died in school. And I said, I just said, I just, you know, basically I was like, you know, I didn't really know the lady that well. And I just said, be in good cheer. He's in heaven, you know. And I was like, you know. Shake it off. <laughs> and, but it doesn't go. It says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I sure said, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, uh, that's painful. But, but I'm still learning. Amen. Uh, James called me yesterday. He said, Pastor, I'm, I, I'm dealing with something. He ate something that wasn't too good. And I started going through all the COVID symptoms. You know, do you have any, or, uh, have you lost your taste and smell? Have you done this, that, there? You know, I started going all the COVID symptoms. Don't come to church. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but I was going to, he said, no, I got the, t- I still, you know, I can taste, I can smell, I don't have any fever, I don't have any cough. And I said, and, and then he finally figured it out, it was something that he ate, amen? And uh, praise God, but it wasn't on Wednesday night when we served the food. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't my wife's cooking. <laughs> it's something I ate on Wednesday, pastor. Amen. So we'll continue. So be of the same mind towards one another. So I said to uh, James, finishing up my point, I'm still working through some things and being very, you know, I'm trying to kind of feel, I'm trying to, I said, Lord, help me to feel what people feel, but I'm still kind of having, a, I'm kind of, you know, I have a tough skin. I just said basically to James, James, just suck it up, man. <laughs> Shake it off. Speak the word. You know, that's just kind of how I do it. You know, speak the word, man. You're going to be all right. And uh, so he's, he's here today. James, you're here today. Kudos to James. He pressed through. Glory to God. James made it through. That and a bottle of Pepto-Bismol will take you to the, to the next level. Glory to God. It's okay to add Pepto-Bismol with your faith. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Sometimes I have to take it every once in a while. I haven't taken it in a long time, but every once in a while. But let's go to James 3, 14 and 16. And this is really uh, powerful because James is going to now talk. He's talking about wisdom and wisdom operates through humility, right? Wisdom operates through us humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. So when we're walking in wisdom, we're really walking in humility. We're following God's leading. Okay, so wisdom is produced through humility. Can I get an amen here? I'm trying to get it out. And uh, so James 3.14, he's, he's, he's contrasting worldly, uh, well, godly wisdom with worldly wisdom. And he says here in James 3.14, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Okay, 
So now James is breaking it down. He's 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 look. We're looking at, OK, what is godly wisdom? He's going to go back into godly wisdom. So we need to be very careful that we don't have a heart of envy that turns into a self-seeking attitude that moves us into a place that can hurt other people to get what we want, no matter what it costs anybody else. Can I say that again? I, I know I said it. We need to be very careful with that. We don't get an envious spirit. Envy. What is envy? You know, envy. I studied this last night and. And envy is a little different than jealousy. A lot of people get envy and jealousy kind of, they're kind of similar, but not really. And um, because if you're jealous of somebody, jealousy is that you have a fear that somebody may take something away from you that you already have. Perhaps, let me give you a case of point, you're married, right? And, um, and, the, uh, and this... Uh, and this good-looking guy, single guy, comes into the church and, and tells your wife in front of you, she looks gorgeous today. And you, like, and you get a little jealous because you're thinking that he's make, making a move on your wife. And so your jealousy is that, that perhaps he might be able to take your wife away from you. And now some of you might say, well, go ahead. Okay, we all go there. <laughs> Just try it, you know. But some of us, we shouldn't have that attitude. But some of us should get a little jealous, right? Because we want to protect what we love, right? So jealousy is a fear that you may lose what you have. Is that right? Jealousy is a fear that you may lose what you have. But where, amen. I knew this was going to go big today. It's going over big. But envy is a little different. Envy is a desire to have what somebody else has. So envy is not something that, it's not like jealousy where you're afraid you might lose what you already have. Envy is you looking at what somebody else has and you want what they have, right? And so in a sense, jealousy can work in there. You're jealous. You can say, I'm jealous of what they have. But you want what they have and you're willing, what James is saying, you're willing to do almost anything to get what that person has. Does that make sense? In other words, you want what they have, so you're willing to do that. So, so when I think about that, it goes all, James is really talking about, I believe he's talking about really the first uh, sin of murder, which happened in Genesis. And so what, where James is getting this from, it's getting, he's, he's getting this from the human nature of mankind. And the human nature, what we want is, a lot of times we want, want what we can't have. But in a reality, we can have anything we want if you, if you do it according to God's way. But, but a lot of times we want things, but we don't want to walk it out God's way to get it. In other words, we want some things, but, but we're, sometimes what the enemy will say is you can take a shortcut to get these things. Right. You can do it a little crooked and you still can have what you want. But 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 in God's economy, we got to do it God's way and might take a little longer. It may it may hurt a little bit more. It, it, It may cost us a little more, but we'll eventually get our blessing. But what the enemy will try to do is make you think. And this is, you know. I don't want to go. Can I? I don't want to go on identity politics, 
But a lot of times there's, there's parties that will preach a certain narrative, okay? And one narrative that a party will preach is that if you don't have them as a party standing for you, then you can't make it in life. So what this party will do is they will say, you've got to have government to protect your rights, to make sure because your rights aren't protected and that you're, pers- you're the victim. And, and so in identity politics, it always turns people into victims they can't overcome. I like what God says. God says we all can overcome. Amen. And, there's, and there's neither Jew or Greek, uh, male or female. We're all one in Christ. Amen. So if we're walking in Christ, we all have the b- benefit. We all have the opportunity. We're, none of us are victims. And we got to be very careful that we don't turn into a victim mentality. And that that's what makes us angry. And a lot of times, too, in politics, I hate to say this, they try to make you mad at somebody. Right. right? It's the poor that hates the rich. It's the men that hate the women. It's, it's, it's women's wages and men's wages. And women should be equal with men and all this. And so it, it, it's, it's set up and pitted to go against one another. Have you ever noticed that? And so if you're listening to this idea that you're down and you can't make it and you got to have big government. Boy, I'm preaching. I proved this message. No, all you need is God. All you need is God. Amen. You know, uh, you know, and, and it's this narrative. No, no. Everybody can make it in America. Everybody. Nobody's. You, 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 yeah, so all of us have been victims at one time or the other. It doesn't matter who you are. Somebody has victimized you one time or another. Everybody's been victimized. Victimized. But victimized. I'm making up words over here. But, we, but it's how we handle it. Amen? We walk in love. We forgive people. We pray for people. Because people that do wrong things to us... They are in deception and they're and they're sowing bad seed. And if they don't repent, they will eventually reap a bad harvest. So so we don't need a we need to be very careful. So with in Genesis four verses three through eight. And so we need to be very careful that we don't turn to this because Cain uh, and Abel were the offspring of, you know, Adam and Eve. And in let me read this. It says in the process of time, it came to pass. This is Genesis four, three and eight. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will, uh, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And so we see here that uh, that they both gave offerings, but God uh, respected Abel's offering. And obviously there was something that was shown like, you know, like um, Elijah, when he did his offering, there was a fire that dropped down and. I thought maybe that may have happened too in those days that maybe, you know, uh, Cain and Abel and Cain got some, you know, fruit from the ground, you know, his leftovers and, and Abel got his best sheep, 
sacrificed it, and the, and, the, and the fire dropped on, you know, Abel's offering, and everybody said, gave the golf clap. Ooh, nice. God is approving. And everybody just approved. You know, can we get a golf clap here for Abel's offering, right? And, uh, and then all of a sudden you got Cain, and he puts his leftovers, and he's just seeing what God's going to do, and nothing. Right? Crickets. Nothing. And people got, I guess, oh man, can mm. Nobody even wants to eat that fruit, right? No, you know, and nothing. And, and so, and so, and so, uh, Cain was upset. He was upset because God did not receive that offering from him. But God said, listen, if you do it the right way, if you give your first, I believe it's about giving your first and giving your best. And, and, and if you give your first and give your best and you're not just doing it through just to do it and just to do it because, you know, it, it's the right thing to do, but your heart's not really in it. Right. And, and you're just doing it, just just going through the motions. God doesn't ex- have to accept everybody's offering. Oh, man. If we're giving it in a way where we're not really sincere and we're not giving our first and our best. Amen. I, I'm preaching today. And so, and so, but God said, listen, Cain, you can have the same honor that I give your brother Abel if you just do it my way. But you know what? Some people don't want to do it God's way. And some people want to do it their own way. And they want to sidestep God. And they say, I can do it my way. You can do it your way, but you, could, you, you may not receive the, the blessings of God your way. I'd rather do it God's way. And of course, we know that uh, Cain was envious of his uh, brother Abel. And then in the next uh, uh, passage, it says that Cain, you know, took Abel out into the field and killed Abel and he killed the competition. So, you know, so in other words, Abel can't make him look bad anymore. And see, see, listen, uh, Cain was not predisposed to be an evil person. He had a choice. We all have choices every day. If we're going to choose God or we're going to choose, you know, our, our own agenda or we're going to choose, uh, you know, sin or we're going to choose the son. We all have choices. Choose this day, the Bible says, who you serve. Blessing or curse, life or death. You choose. And so with Cain, he figured that he could eliminate the competition so God would have to accept him no matter what. But God did not accept Cain, and, and, and Cain got a curse on his life about that. But see, God was still merciful. God was still gracious because Cain played the victim card. He said, well, now, you know, since I did this, I'm going to be a victim. People are going to kill me. And then God put a mark on him and said, listen, you know, you're going to be protected. I'm going to give you some protection here in this earth. And so God still had grace and mercy on Cain, even though Cain didn't care anything about God or about serving him. Ooh, and that's where we're at today. Because God's grace is here. And God's grace. And we see all this evil in this planet. And we see all this corruption. And we're saying, God, when are, you know, uh, some of us might get to a point. When are you going to judge all this? He is. Amen. Sooner or later, it's coming around. Amen. It's going to come back around. Amen. Judgment is going to come on the planet. Amen. That's the reason, you know, it's coming. And I'm going to talk to you about that. And so and so we so we got to get a revelation of this, that if we do it God's way, 
each one of us can, can excel in the kingdom of God. You believe that today? Now, James 3, 17 and 18, he, now he goes back to wisdom. And he says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, partiality or without hypocrisy. So we see here that if we're going to be walking in God's wisdom, we're going to walk in purity. We're going to be peaceable. We're going to be gentle. In other words, we're not going to be rioting in the streets, burning down buildings Amen. to prove a point. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, it's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So Peter gives us an example of, God, of, of godly living in this world, and it's in 2 Peter 3. And Peter talks about that there's going to be people in the last days saying, well, if God is really just and he's holy, then where's Jesus? Why hasn't he come back yet? So in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, there's going to be people saying that. These are going to be even some people that are Christians, but they're losing their faith. And they're saying, where, where, where is the promise of Jesus coming back? And then Peter says, listen, God is coming back and he's going to judge this world. And he's going to judge this world. And when he does, he's going to judge all the ungodly. And he's going to destroy not only the ungodly, but he's going to destroy this world. And he's even going to destroy heaven. And he's going to make a new world and a new heaven. Yes. So, so, so everything that we see is temporary and it's subject to change. And don't fall too much in love with this world because it's, all, it's tainted with sin. Amen. And so God said, I can't have a world tainted with sin, so I'm going to have to start all over. Amen. So he gives this uh, information, this mindset that we need to have if we're going to walk in purity, that it's all going to burn. You know? That God's going to wipe it all out. He's going to start fresh and it's going to be a clean slate with us in it. Amen. So it says here, it's kind of like our salvation. We have a clean slate. We're brand new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. We don't identify with our old selves. We don't even identify with our nationality. We have a new nationality. We're Christians. We, we have the blood of Jesus flowing in our veins. Amen. Amen. There's neither Jew or Greek. Amen. In other words, nationalities, yeah, but we're Christians first. We go with the Bible first, regardless of our opinions or other people's opinions. So it says here, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, uh, in Second Peter, we go in verse 11, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So Peter is trying to pull us back into a place. Hey, don't give up hope. Jesus is coming back. Don't throw in the towel. Don't start walking on the wild side. Right? Amen. You know, don't start thinking that, 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 that all this corruption, it's, it's, you know, if God overlooks the corruption in this world, he, he must overlook my corruption too. No, because judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we better judge ourselves before we get judged. Amen. And the Bible says that those that are, keep sinning are, are laying up, you know, uh, uh, pain and, and, and torment to the day that, that God judges them. 
All right. So it says here, boy, I'm preaching today. Glory to God. Amen. So 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 here it says um, uh, all these things dissolve what manner of person we ought to be holy in conduct and godliness. Now, now. When we're talking about being holy and living godliness, I love what it says in Psalms 15, 1, 5. In Psalms 15, 1, 5, it says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle and who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not backbite with his tongue, nor does, he do, uh, nor does evil to his neighbor. Nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears through his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money as usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So what is he saying? The psalmist saying, see, a lot of us say, well, we're in grace. We don't have to operate in truthfulness. Some may say that. No, you got to operate in truthfulness. Amen. You got to be truthful. You got to walk in the truth. Yes. Amen. And, and, you know, don't kid yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Either you're walking out your faith or you're not. Amen. Either you're walking for God or you're walking, uh, you know, in the on the primrose path of destruction. You know, the Bible says there's ways that seem right to a man, but still ends in death. Why? It may seem right. But if it's just our opinions and we're not going with God's word, it can be 180 degrees left. Amen. Amen. So it says here, uh, so pride. uh, So we see this and we think this a lot of times. I'm going to say this. Come get out of my chair. A lot of times we think and the enemy wants us to think if we live right, we're going to lose in this life. If we tell the truth and we be honest and we and we're transparent that that somebody's going to take our transparency and use it against us. People do that all the time. When you're transparent and you're honest and you're trying to speak truth, there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to twist your words around and make you sound like you're a bad person. If, 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 just like, if you preach, well, it, you know, the Bible teaches, and I have to go on again, that the traditional marriage is between a man and a woman and it's ungodly for Two of the same sex to be married is not right in God's eyes. Some people may call you all kinds of names, homophobic or. But all you doing is standing with God. So if you talk to somebody that's in that type of relationship and say, you know, that type of uh, lifestyle uh, and they don't know Jesus, that type of sin could send you to hell. I think it's a good thing to talk to people about that. And then they'll say, you're judging me. No, the word of God will judge you. God's word will judge you. I'm just I'm just reading the word. Sin will send people to hell if they don't receive Jesus. Repent and get back to God. Amen. Boy, pastor, you're preaching at today. Why? Why am I preaching? I want to preach. Man, I want to preach hell so hot. You don't want to go there. Oh, I preach heaven so good, you want to just do everything you can to get there. And you're not going to play on the wild side. Because every once in a while, the enemy wants to try to get you to play on the wild side. And you just might get burned. Amen. Literally. Amen. And so, so, so we need to be very careful. Look at your neighbor and say, be careful. 
Amen. Be, G, Peter puts it this way. Be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, is roaring around like, is, is, is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. And so we need to understand that. Now, now again, we think if we do it right, we're going to get persecuted. We're going to get hurt. And that might happen. We could lose our job standing for what's right. Yeah, you could. But God, God will promote you. you. You'll run that business eventually. God will put you in a place where you'll go higher than wherever your job was at. If you stand for what's right. Amen. Eventually, it will come back around and God will vindicate us. When we walk right, and, you know, I think about this, and I think about Daniel, and I, I, I think about that, that, that he was in a place where the king was going to put him in a high position, and, the, and the, all the other people that was around uh, Daniel that had a, a similar position of him, they, they were envious of, of Daniel. They, they you know, uh, of his relationship with the king. I believe it was King Darius, and, and so... Uh, so they came to the king and said, listen, won't you make a decree? Because they found out a way. They couldn't figure out a way to get Daniel because he did everything right. He was an honorable man. He did everything right. He never lied. He told the truth. He was there. And, you know, he showed up at church every Sunday morning. Amen. And, and, um, and, so, and so he was doing all the right things. They couldn't. But they found out that he prayed three times a day. And they said, let's do it. We got it. We know how to get Daniel. We'll get the king to write a decree to write an edict, a law in place that anybody prays. It was only for 30 days. Anybody prays in 30 days. So, so, and you know, most of us say, well, it's only 30 days. We'll just give God a rest. We don't need to pray for 30 days. You know, it's only 30 days. God will understand. No, 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 no. Daniel knew that, it, that, that his power came from his prayer life. I'm going to say this to you today. Your power not only comes from the word of God, but it comes from your relationship with God. It comes with you being in that secret place of the most high God. And some of us might need to get in that secret place more often because we're allowing, you know, the voices uh, coming at us to turn us away from the goodness and the kindness of our God. And the enemy will always try to make you think your life is worthless and that you're going nowhere and, and, and your future is, is, is going off a cliff. I say no in Jesus' name. Your future is bright in God. As long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll keep walking on the water. In other words, you keep your eyes on the word of God. God will raise you up and you'll end up doing the impossible. You'll be doing things that you never thought you could do. God will give you ideas, witty ideas, how to, how to uh, increase your finances and how to bless your family. And Do you believe that? Yes, Glory to God. God's raising up an end-time generation that's going to walk in holiness and purity and that's going to walk in the glory of God. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk in not just the glory and the grace, you're going to walk in uh, health and healing, riches and wealth. Glory to God. Do you believe that today? And so you have Daniel and he said, I'm not going to obey that edict. I'm not going to obey that law. And in a sense, you know, the Bible says, well, you need to obey all the laws. It says in Romans, you know, well, listen, if the, if, if the law says don't go to church, uh, I'm going to church. 
Eventually, I'm telling you, I know we got this pandemic and they are shutting down churches in other states. And, and, but they're leaving the liquor stores open. They're leaving the, the, uh, the casinos open. But the church can be shut down. You can go to the casino, though. <laughs> I'm thinking about starting a church service in a casino, you know. Amen. And, 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 and they pick and choose these governors, these crooked, you know, uh, ungodly, evil governors. Yes, I said it. I said it. Uh, they're, they're trying to shut down the church. They're trying to keep the gospel from going forth. And God's, God's getting sick of it. God's about ready to do some things. Glory to God. You believe that today? I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, I think that God's getting to a point where he's, he's, he wants the church to get a little ticked off. Amen. We, need, we, need to start, we need to start standing for righteousness and standing and marching for God. We're the army of God. And I'm not talking about burning down buildings, but I'm talking about doing some Jericho marches and walking around buildings and preaching the word. Anybody want to do any Jericho march with me? Glory to God. I approve this message. Glory to God. And so we need, we need to get a revelation of that. So what happened to Daniel? Daniel had to go into the lion's den. And sometimes, in a sense, we can go into the lion's dens at times. We're trying to stand for what's right. But I'm going to say this, that God vindicated Daniel. We know that the king was so upset. He loved Daniel and he was like he couldn't sleep that night. He fasted. He tried to figure out a way to undo the edict he did. But in the Persian law, you can't undo what you what you signed up on. So he couldn't undo it. So he had to put Daniel in. The, but he couldn't sleep all night. That, that next morning, he they removed the stone. Daniel, are you there? He said, oh, king, live forever. I'm here. The angel of God shut the mouths of the lions. And I'm telling you, God is about ready to shut some mouths of some lions that are uh, boasting about what they think, that they are right. And God's going God's to vindicate every situation. And God's going to shut the mouths of the lions that are boasting and thinking that they're right. But God is always right. And righteousness is always right. And righteousness will win out. Glory to God. You believe that today? And whoever becomes president, we honor that person. We pray for them. We lift them up. We, ask, we honor that, that the, the office, but not, their, not maybe their policies, but the office. Amen? Let me just, I had to clarify that. Amen? We honor their the position, amen, and we pray for our president. We pray for them. We don't speak against them. We pray for them. Whoever becomes president, and God's in charge. And whoever becomes president, we honor that. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. So we'll continue. So we need to, you know, just, just uh, finishing this up, we need, to, we need to be very careful that pride doesn't enter our lives. And, and so here in James 4, 1 through 6, it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your desires for pleasure that, that war in your members, your lusts and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight in war and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. 
adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what is he saying here? What is James saying here? He's saying that there's at times and he's talking to Christians here at times that we'll get upset because we don't have something or we get jealous or envious of somebody else that has something. And sometimes we'll even look at preachers and some preachers may be doing well financially and you get other people in the body of Christ say they're a bunch of uh, they're, they're 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 people taking advantage of the poor people and they're making money off the backs of poor people and they're driving all the Cadillacs and the Mercedes and and they don't even look they 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 they, they, they tear apart these ministers that might be mega ministers yes and they might and they don't even know anything about them I was what something came up on my post and it was about this one minister and they said, this minister and they said all this bad stuff about it but they don't know this minister doesn't even take a salary from the church. This minister makes all his finances through his book sales. And they're tell, tearing this minister down like he's taking the money and he never asks for money whenever he's up there. He never asks for people to give him money. So, so, but they're trying to, why? They're trying to make a narrative that all preachers are crooks. And if a preacher has money, he gotta be a crook. Right? Uh, so, so if a doctor has money, is the doctor a crook? If an attorney has money, well, I, well, I won't go there. That's a bad example. <laughs> if an attorney has money, he's, he's definitely a crook. No. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes here. Right? So what I'm saying, I'm saying just because somebody makes, has money and financially blessed doesn't mean that they're crooked. And just because they're a wealthy pastor, glory to God, doesn't mean that, that they're, they're, they're crooked and doing something wrong. Right. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And what the enemy will try to do is get us mad at rich people. Look at those. I used to say it sometimes in the pulpit. Look at those fat cats. I'll never become a fat cat if I keep criticizing the fat cats. Right? I said that, but what those fat cats, you know? Why? Because I'm like, well, I wish I had what they had. They get away with everything and they don't have to pay any price. No, no. The wicked will end up paying a price. The wicked. You know what happened to the wicked man? You know what Daniel's, all his opponents, you know what happened to them? You know, the king said, king was so angry because he knew he was deceived by these guys that were, that was envious of, of, of Daniel. He, he took the guys in that made him sign that thing, that, that, that talked him into signing that decree. He took them and threw them in to the lion's den with their families. Amen. Threw them all in. And I'm telling you, before they hit the ground, the lions broke their bones. The lions jumped. Why did the lions held off from eating that skinny prophet? Because God says, I got something for you. You, you, you obey me. You shut your mouth. Don't eat the skinny old uh, hard prophet. You're going to have a big meal the next morning. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? I know it's kind of gross. I know it's kind of. 
But you know what? In other words, God is God doesn't wink at sin. God is not he's not you know, he doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. God, that's the reason why Peter said, you know, there, there's time. God's giving us time to repent. He's given us time to turn. He's given the sinners time. Thank God he's given us time. He's given us time for us to move into the grace of God. He's given us time to, to change our mind and get right with him. He's giving us time. God, thank God he doesn't judge on a split second when we mess up. Thank God he gives us time to evaluate ourselves and say, man, I may have done something wrong here. Amen. God, I think I did. Lord, forgive me. You know, he gives us time. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet, because he's trying. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, the precious fruit of the sinners. It's some of our sons and daughters. It's some of our relatives and neighbors. And God's given them grace to turn so they won't burn. Turn. In other words, we do need to burn, but we need to burn for Jesus. We need to be red hot on fire for Jesus. Glory to God. And so this is the perfect time. Maybe Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord. And I, I know that some of us, maybe perhaps in this audience or maybe those watching online, you're, you are, you know, perhaps you're, you're, you're living an impure life. And impurity means that you have a mixture, that you're allowing worldliness in and you're allowing a little bit of God in. And so your life is not exactly where it needs to be. You're, 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 you're mixed and you're kind of mixed up and you're not too sure about the things of God and, or the goodness of God because you still have a little bit of world you're walking in and you're trying to walk in God. And I'm going to say this to you this morning that perhaps here in the audience or perhaps online that you, you, you need to let go of the world. You need, you need to embrace God fully. You need, you need to turn your back on sin and Satan and selfishness and turn to God fully. You just need to lay it all, give it all to God. Give it all to God. Let go of your pride. Let go of those things. So, so this morning, if you know you, there's some areas in your life you need to let go of. There's some things in your life. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's something that somebody did you don't want to let go. No, no, no. no. Uh, give it to God. Pray for those people. These people are deceived that do wrong things. Pray for them. And God will make it right in your book. Glory to God. And so uh, if that's you today, just pray this prayer out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for all of my sins. And Jesus, I receive you today as my Savior and the Lord of every part of my life. So I turn my back fully on sin, selfishness. And Satan, and I turn fully to the Son of God, Jesus. And thank you, Father God, for washing and cleansing me from all unrighteousness and help me to live that godly, holy life that you intended me to live. And I thank you for your blessings that's on my life today and that's coming forth in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.